tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Coming soon, the 6th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Six venues. 24 shows, 7 days, 75 comics from all over the United States at amazing local venues. Asiento, Atlas Cafe, El Rio, Milk Bar, OMG, and The Bar. On Dolores. Special headliner shows at El Rio Thursday night, 7 and 9 o'clock, featuring Scott Capuro, headliner, amazing comedian. Also, Andy Iwancio out of Seattle here for the sixth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. All tickets are $10, except the headlining show, which are $20. You can find all of the shows on Mutiny Radio's Eventbrite. Reserve them now. And don't miss out. 2021, the 6th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Black Block, a novel about protest from Sanjiro. A sample. The walk from Union Square to the bar is a long way for a drink. So you want a few stopovers. You get warmed up at Lefty O'Doul's, an old-time tavern with memorabilia and a menu from another century. Then a Market Street dive to rub elbows with the hoi polloi. Next is a Folsom leather bar. The dark goth soundtrack is a refreshing change from the usual jukebox anthems, but you must avert your eyes lest you observe gentlefolk in flagrante. That means fucking. Tonight, none of these places are open unless looters are broken in. The city is shut down because of the riots. Thank you. Find me at sandrorider.com and Black Block is on Amazon. Mutiny Radio. 
Streaming live the station. Mutinyradio.fm. District of the Mission. Mutinyradio.fm. Mutinyradio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. MutinyRadio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! San Francisco Mutiny Radio! San Francisco Mutiny Radio! San Francisco Mutiny Radio! San Francisco Mutiny Radio! San Francisco Mutiny You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 4.99. L.S.D. Fap. Acid and fapping, fapping and acid. Acid and fapping, fapping and acid. Fap, 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 acid. Thank you, that song is called Acid and Fapping. MutinyRadio.Evan Chester Cashcock here here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there and uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics it's a great showcase and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars—I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or 
listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Gold Cadillac with the white material. Oh, and I started to do some thinking. Around in and on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black plastic and big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. Good to see you. I am a total fan. Laurie Stanton's voice is absolutely right. I am petty, various, and adolescent. And I will cut the shit. Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. Global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor.
Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's our podcast name, but our show is called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Got it. Got it. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast. However, you need to use our acronym, which we mentioned up front, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. The Y-T stands for YouTube. <laughs> movie on YouTube. And we're going to watch it with you. We love our show. We love doing these shows. And we love being on Mutiny Radio, which we're on mm. right now, every yeah. Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We uh, stream our show first. You listen to our show, you subscribe to the podcast, listen to the audio, and you watch the movie on YouTube, and you do this at the same time. It's a full experience. It's so easy. Listen, you got to do, don't cop out by like, oh, I'll just listen, or you know what, I'll just watch the movie without Mike and Carl. That's not the point of the show. Mike and Carl are here. Yeah, you're missing it. You're missing it. You got to watch the movie. Oh, boy. And geez, what a movie. Now, these are movies that I've read about in books during the 80s, say, and I, or maybe I saw a newspaper review for this particular movie, but I never had a chance to see it. It doesn't matter now. It's on YouTube. I don't have to take a book's uh, version of this movie. Carl, what is this movie this week? Unfortunately, we are watching Stitches. Stitches? Stitches. Five. Like uh, snitches get stitches. Like when you get a cut, the doctor will stitch you up. Right. Stitches 1985. Now we've been watching some pretty good movies, Mike, and you've got us right back. Oh, just last just last week, just last episode was yeah. performance. Mick Jagger, Nicholas Rogue. Well, who's the director of this Rogue. film? We're going from Nicholas Rogue to whom? The to Alan Smithy. Ooh, the pseudonym for bad movies. If a director is not satisfied. Up until a certain year, you were able to use a pseudonym Alan Smithy, which is Smith with two E's. And a lot of bad movies uh, have directed by Alan Smithy. Is this going to be a bad movie? Is this going to yeah. be a good bad movie or a bad bad movie? There will be. This is a bad, bad movie. You have lots to talk it, about, and we will laugh a little bit. Is it a, So it's a good, bad, bad movie. It's going to be good for your show. It's not a good, bad movie. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well all right. a good, bad movie. This was just bad. Okay. Well, the challenge has been set. Well, we want you to go ahead and, as we've been saying, look up, go to your YouTube, 
can look up Stitches, 1985. Mm -hmm. uh, Vanessa Jordana, I don't have a name in front of me. Okay, the channel is, okay, so it's, it's you know, NASA. It's N-A NASA, N-A-N-A-S-A. Then, you know, Jordan, it's got an A in the end. Jordana, Jordan, okay. an A. And then James, you would know personally a James. Nanasa, Jordana, James is the channel we like. And I just subscribed. So uh, I'm looking forward to this movie. Thank you so much for hosting it. So go to that link, click it, hit pause, move the timer to 000. We are going to watch this entire movie. Uh, with you at the same time. And Carl actually has whipped up a special comedian, celebrity comedian, uh, to do our celebrity comedian countdown. Right. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Tom Mangelli. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Carl. Now, you and I have been knowing each other a long time. We've performed together at Scotty's a bunch. But I wanted to ask you how you got started in comedy, because I wasn't there for that part. What kicked you off? Well, you know, oddly enough, I wasn't there either. <laughs> but I, uh, I started almost 10 years ago doing stand-up. I always, I always loved making people laugh. That, that's always been like the core of my essence. Yeah. But I was I was teaching high school at the time, and I uh, I was at the, I kept bumping into Uncle Floyd Floyd Vivino, uh -huh. uh, formerly of the Uncle Floyd Show, and uh, we turns out we used to go to the same uh, we hung out at the same bagel shop. Interesting. Yeah, and we had had somewhat of a, a history together because I. <laughs> I I was part of this teacher group that used to go out to eat once a month or so. And uh, I was the only male of all female teachers. They called me Dr. Bombay and they called themselves the Bombettes. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was Dr. Ba Bombay and the Bombettes. And um, <laughs> we had a lot of fun together. Uh, we had our own uh, uh, newsletter, which I wrote. Uh, and in the newsletter, we, we kept featuring Uncle Floyd because we used to go see him on uh, mostly on Tuesday nights at Colucci's Restaurant in North Helden. Okay. North Helden sounds exactly like his neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, every Tuesday, and then the Bombettes kind of drifted off on their own. And mm -hmm. and, and I go it every Tuesday. And, and he encouraged me to uh, his shtick on Tuesday. He would play the piano tell some jokes, um, you know, do like his parody songs, but then he would bring people up from the audience. And, uh, you know, there was the bus driver, the singing bus driver. There was the 90-year-old guy with his banjo. Right. There was, you know, uh, the count who would come up in, in a cape and, and a top hat and a cane and sing his songs. And, and he would bring me up to do some stand-up. And, uh -huh. and that was the first time that I... Uh, you know, I, I attempted uh, stand-up, and he encouraged me the whole time. That's was great. Yeah. Uncle but, Floyd, yeah, he is terrific. He's, uh, um, me and my co-host, we uh, used to do a cable access show, and we had some involvement with him. But, I mean, the story that you uh, frequented the same bagel shop, I mean, there's holes in that story. Well, we, you know, he heard... We used to hang the out. Bagels, uh, there was the holes are in the bagels. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. 
you had to be one of the people walking in and out and that and that kind of thing. And uh, you know, he heard some of my one-liners, and and you know, he says, "Why don't you come down to the club and I'll bring you up." Wonderful. <laughs> it's really a great story. Now, yeah. I've been on your podcast. It's Funny Talk with uh, Mongeli and Max. And, of course, we refer to Doug Max, who sometimes hosts at The Cove. Um, and tell, tell me about this podcast. You know, I, I, one of the things I love about it is, is if you can't get the famous person, you bring on a relative, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's how we started the podcast, actually. Um, our very first guest was uh, Chris Costello, which was Lou Costello's youngest daughter. Uh, uh-huh. And um, it, it's, it um, coincided with the, the kickoff of um, Avon Costello Appreciation Society that used to meet at the Patterson Museum. Of course, Lou Costello was from Patterson. Yes. And they used to have uh, celebrations there. Either it's uh, Lou's birthday or Bud's birthday, or one one celebration was the 75th anniversary of of the Who's on First. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, there was a big kickoff celebration, and uh, we got her to agree to come on our show. And the, and the focus of the show when we first started was really the old time comics and comedic actors, and uh, obviously most of them were dead. So we were trying to locate the offspring, the relatives mm. uh, of the late great comedians. So we had uh, Chris Costello on the first show, and we had uh, Chris and her sister Patty um, okay. on, on another show with uh, their Lou's great granddaughter. Um, <clears throat> All in the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had like Curly's uh, grandson from the Three Stooges. Um, we had, uh, I don't know if you know of the, the Ritz brothers, Harry Ritz's daughter. I don't know the Ritz brothers. Should I know that name? You know, a lot of people don't. They were around the time of the Marx brothers, but they never got the notoriety um, of the Marx brothers. Well, I'm gonna... A lot of uh, um, club, club shows. They were, very, they were very famous among other comics. Uh-huh, yeah. Because they were probably respected. I'll have to look. I'll have to Google the Ritz brothers. It's R I T Z. I'm sure. What's that? It's spelled R I T Z, right? Like the cracker, like the hotel. Right, right, right. Okay. So that's <clears throat> so funny. Talk was born. Um, at a, okay, so your relationship with Uncle Floyd still continues to this day, right? I mean, you've got an October gig coming up with him, right? In fact, whenever he performs at this at the Comedy Club, he requests me to open for him. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, no, we've got a good friendship going, and uh, you know, we re respect each other um, on a professional level mm -hmm. as colleagues, and he he's definitely my my comedy mentor because every Tuesday night when I was at Colucci's, he he'd make me stay after after the place was closed uh, till all hours of the night. Uh, and he would give me like tidbits on what to do, what not to do in comedy, and you know That's who to. No, I learned I learned a lot from him. So October nine is the show, right? Where is it going to be? That's going to be at uh, the Waffle House. No, no, um, it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be at uh, Brooks Art Brook Arts Theater in Boundbrook, New Jersey. Okay. 
Okay. In Bound Brook. Introduced by uh, uh, Steve Trevelis of uh, New Jersey 101.5. Yeah, the ho he'll host it. He's hosting the show, and then I guess I'm the first act, and then following me will be Julia Scotty. Mm -hmm. and, and then the man himself, Uncle Floyd. Yes, yes, and and, and October 9th happens to be my birthday. Hey, so, great! Wow, there you go. That's terrific. And I'm glad. I'm glad to announce that, and I knew this was going to be the case. That if I lived long enough, my uh, my age was gonna was gonna catch up to my waist. <laughs> the size. <laughs> now, where can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? Um, you, you know, I I did away with my uh, with my website with the COVID and the shutdowns because it was basically just upcoming shows. But uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's either Tom Mongelli or Thomas Mongelli. I have gotcha. two, two, two Facebook pages. And yeah, we also I noticed that. I friended you both, and I was thinking maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe your point is to, like, you know, Facebook limits you on how many friends you can have. So, yeah. Yeah, it kind of initially, initially it was supposed to be one for, you know, personal, one for comedy. Oh, but it, it, yeah. It didn't end up that way. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay, so we are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and everybody at home's got to press play at the exact same time as we do in the studio. So, Tom Mongelli, why don't you kick us off with that celebrity comedian countdown? Okay. Three, two, one, go. I'm actually really excited about today's movie because the trailer we watched last week really looked exciting. Ooh, Charles Manson International. Yeah, the video release. Uh, Charles Manson, I promise the best movies or I'll change my name to Alan Smithy. <laughs> like the only person who didn't think, the only person who didn't change his name for this movie, it was Charles Manson. Bradford School of Medicine. So the, the trailer last week did the classic snobs versus slobs uh, upper crust where Bedford School of Medicine presents to you. <laughs> this film has been done before. Yeah, it really does seem like an AI algorithm or like a carbon copy of a, of a Xerox or something. Did, what movie did we watch? Gremlins 3? Oh, you're talking about we saw no. They were they were gremlin like, and they went to college. And the movie was called Ghostly. No, Ghoulies. That's right, Ghoulies. Yeah, Ghoulies go to college. <laughs> Ghoulies. Yeah, I mean it started with Animal House, I think, and like now we're down to stitches. You know, Carl, I was thinking about it, and uh, please stop me uh, if any plot point comes along. But we were talking about how 80s kids wish they grew up in the 60s. Mm -hmm. But the pop culture of the 80s were mostly nostalgic, uh, reminisce, brandy reminiscence about the 60s, like Animal House from 78 was about 1962. Yeah. And uh, Porky's, which is based on Lemonade uh, Popsicle, the Israeli film, took place in 1963. And they were nostalgic look back to the innocent time. I think Animal House, to for its credit, has a lot of like, naivete like there's a lot of innocence in these guys and uh you right. know the famous, there's a famous scene where they're in the laundromat uh i think otter and, and uh, karen allen 
and they were arguing and you could hear a baby in the back. She doesn't want him to go on these frat things. And he yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone. And there's like a baby crying in the laundromat and that's considered like subtle parody of these people. But there was subtlety to it. There was like a look back, a kind of loss of innocence. Yeah. National Lampoon has always been doing nostalgia. The class reunion movie they did next, which we watched, was, which you know, did. reuniting for their high school. And then it's like, remember Senior Trip? That's another National Lampoon movie we saw. But I think like getting back to the 80s kids feeling nostalgic for their parents' generation, these teen sex comedies, which took place here in the present tense, the current Malu, were for the kids of the 80s. And there was no nostalgia and there was no subtlety. It was nope. just basically just leer at these girls and, and pay, pay remission. Now, I have to interrupt at this point to just let you know that we're seeing people go to the cadavers for the first time. It's an anatomy class, and they're going to get to know, you know, this for the whole semester, they'll have the same cadaver. They're going to cut it up and learn all about it. And now they're going to roll back the head, the hood, and take a look under the hood and see these cadavers, Mike. Oh, man. I thought this was a sexy teen comedy. I didn't realize yeah. this was Return of the Living Dead 3. <laughs> Man, these cadavers love to breathe while lying down. What? Whoa! See, it is Return to the Living Dead. Of the living. Well, I just squeezed your ass. She fainted. Oh, no. And they're naked. They got to look at his junk. Now, these are the wacky guys who will take us through our film. They're the people that we want to be like. They're white face. They're yeah. crazy. That's so great. You know, I, I told you, like, there was a book about an encyclopedia of teen sex comedies that just uh -huh. came out, and I wish I could remember the title of it. But the, the preface talked about fucking, um, Brent, what's that guy's name? Uh, the judge, the Supreme Court judge? Uh, Brennan? Uh, uh, I keep thinking Brent Weinbach, but he's a San Francisco comedian. You know, Brent Weinbach. Oh, Parker Stevenson. Um, there. There's... Justice, what is it? Suter, Rehnquist. Yeah, uh, Maybe Thomas, but keep going. Uh, Kamenoff. Kamenoff, the new guy. Okay. So the, pref the preface specifies Kamenoff saying he probably watched these movies uh, at, at you know, law school and thought this was appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the humor of like being naked and chasing women and having them touch your song or, you know, pinch your ass. Yeah. It's all in good fun. That's what we're going to see here. This romp continues. They're so crazy and wacky. And we'll see the credits. They're going to make mayhem on the campus now. Ooh, Eddie Albert. You know, I know. Acres is the place to be. Hello, tobacconist. Yeah, do you have Eddie Albert in a can? <laughs> Prince Albert. Oh, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> I'll call you back. But I'll call you from a different number. Okay, so... They're romping through the campus, making trouble, and then we're going to meet Eddie Albert. He's our heavy. He's the dean, okay? Oh. And his big job is to raise money for the school, and these fucks are fucking it up for him. How many women have they been chasing over the last 10 minutes? Um, yeah, you know, it's the Marx, all three Marx brothers didn't chase the women, just the one. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't think Groucho chased. Now the women are chasing them. Wacky. It's a wacky campus. Directed uh, by Alan Smithy. Which to, to uh, uh, the 
to the credit of this film uh, being posted on YouTube, the screen grab is is the Alan Smithy credit. Uh huh. Itself. Yeah. <laughs> We've watched a few Alan Smithy movies. My favorite being Shrimp on the Barbie. When Cheech right, with Cheech. That's right, Cheech. Cheech Australia. Well, I mean, um, Alan Smithy is like the big thing of this movie because it's really just not very good. Um, so, what? Okay, I should just tell you. See, they're saying <clears throat> he's trying to get money for cryogenics. Okay. He wants to make a cryogenic, uh, you know, he wants to freeze bodies until such time as we can bring them back to life. That's his big thing, okay? So there's this guy who's got all this money, and he's going to die. It's in a nursing home. And um, as soon as he dies, he will be the first person frozen, and they'll have this big ceremony, and it'll be really good for the school and for his personal career, Green Acres guy. So that's why he's pushing, pushing, pushing. Get rid of these kids. And they're complaining that he's diverting the money from other departments. And okay, you're set up now. Perfect. So and so it's like Dean Burner wants Delta House out. Right. And these are three privileged kids who are uh, going to be doctors anyway. Well, no, it, the Dean is the bad guy. These two are the good guys arguing for we're here to raise students, uh, raise, um, make doctors. It's just a few bad apples. Um, you know, we shouldn't be focusing on getting the college famous for cryogenics. We should be teaching kids and they're, they're the good guys. Right. Now, Green Acres guy was in an earlier movie we covered Concord 79. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he um, he was in Dreamscape, I guess, in 85 as well, playing like a Ronald Reagan-esque president. Yeah. That the bad guy goes in. This is a joke from the trailer. I like this joke. He's using his stethoscope. Right. To get free hot coffee. This is Jeffrey Lewis, the actor Jeffrey Lewis. And he's like an ambulance driver in this movie. Uh, you know his face because he's a character actor. He's all been all over television. Yeah. But he's n really known for doing Clint Eastwood movies um, and Robert Redford movies. That's how he got, like, you know. And, and he, were, he was in High Plains Stricter, Mike, which you need to see already. Cut it out. Oh, I saw Stitches. I mean, how far can... All right. <laughs> a lot of people say that Stitches was like a, a spiritual sequel to I Plane Drifter. <laughs> okay, this director, right? <clears throat> this director, his name is Rod Holcomb. And Rod Holcomb is just a television director and producer, okay? I'm talking about... Here we go. Ready? E.R. Quincy, the $6 million man, Battlestar Galactica, and he's got a little fame from that. He's like on the internet about it. Fantasy Island 18, the District Lions, the, the Pentagon Papers, China Beach, the Equalizer, Wise Guy, Greatest American Hero, Hill Street Blues, The West Wing, Numbers. He's TV, this guy, all TV. So why do you think he'd take his name off of it? He probably lost control of the film. 
I guess I don't know. It really sucks, and it's not TV. I don't know. Right. Now, look, the, he's saying, I think that, you know, I shouldn't be feeding you this junk food. It's poisoning you, and now he's making a big joke that I'm dying. Now, this guy, Mike, that's the unknown comic. Really? Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's All not. Right. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's that's a watershed moment. That out. <laughs> The unknown comedian is the guy who wears a paper bag over his head on the gong show in the 1970s. Yeah, we'll see him, and he's very funny, and I think we should t- turn up the audio when his art comes. He's very, very yeah, you, funny. You let me know when the unknown comedian without a bag over his head shows up, and I'll raise <laughs> he's a He's a gay florist. We'll meet him. Uh, we'll meet him. It's coming up. It's coming up. You can't miss it. Okay, so now we're meeting a kiss-ass who's like, Dean Wormer, you are an inspiration, and I want to be a <laughs> medical administrator just like you. And he's like, hey, I could get you on team Get Rid of Delta House. It's like, I'm honored, sir. So that's what this, this whole setup is. This guy went on to be – his name's Ken Stovitz. He, he went on really to be a producer. He was in Blue Velvet, but he produced Seven oh. Pounds that um, – Oh, that weird Will Smith movie? Right. And he also did Will Smith's Kid, Karate Kid, in 20... Oh, yeah. Big movie. Great and movie. And he also did Will Smith in After Earth. So that's what he produces, Will Smith movie. Hey, that's not a bad way. Yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> you remember... Uh, when Bob... When uh, in Spies About Us... Spies Like Us, right? Yeah. Chevy Chase and... Uh, 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 Dead Aykroyd are dressed as doctors and they're in a tent and suddenly a golf ball pops in and it's Bob Hope. He goes, just playing through. Oh, really? Yeah, and he looks at uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd and doctors and he goes, if you guys are doctors, remember, remind me not to get sick. And then he walks <laughs> off. Yeah, you know, I saw that film. I forgot that. There's a I lot of things to forget in that movie. You remember like one joke in that film and that's it. Whether it's the Pepsi the dispenser or the Ronald Reagan appearance or, uh, you know, your dick's pretty smart. Bob Hope. I'll see that clip on YouTube. Yeah. So it took a long time and a lot of kissing ass, but it's settled. He is, you know, he's, he's the Dean's right-hand boy now. So here we have a stupid, no, this guy is, uh, pretty much Miami Vice. Now, our hero is tossing di- uh, darts right now. That's Parker Stevenson. Right, from the, from the Hardy Boys. Yeah, he's Frank Hardy. Uh, he's our star, and he was also a big deal on Baywatch, I guess. Well, good for him. He got another... Uh, I don't. I never really thought of more past the Hardy Boys. I never saw the Baywatch, so... Yeah, I just saw Pam Anderson clips. Now, he started, his first notable role was a separate piece. Do you remember that 1972 film? It's really good. Donald Sutherland's The Dad. Uh, I, saw the, I saw the porn movie, A Separate Piece of Ass. <laughs> it's really good, Carl. I recommend it. <laughs> um, he w- this guy was also on Melrose. Uh, Parker Stevenson also was a computer tycoon on Melrose Place during the second season, and he was in Legion, that that superhero one. So even though he's Frank Hardy and not even noticeable, he's had a career. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Melrose Place second season. It goes crazy. So they wired up booze in the in the vending machine. No, that's a good prank. You would have been good to write this film with them. Uh, he's just pretending that he's acting like um, the the vending machines are human beings, and he's puts a stethoscope on them. It's really not funny material. The last thing I say about Parker Stevenson is he was very smart. He graduated from Princeton University with a degree in architecture. Wow. Yeah. You know, and you could change his name around. You could say his name is Stevenson Parker, and people will be like, all right, Stevenson, nice to meet you. Yeah, that's right. Or you could say he was Steve Parkerson. There's, you could shuffle him up. Uh, his That's not his real name, by the way. Um, I'll have to Google that because I didn't write it down. Now we're meeting Revenge of the Nerds guy. Uh, who, Curtis Armstrong? His name is Brian Tochi. Oh, all right. Well, do you see the Asian guy? You see, he also played the Asian guy in Revenge of the Nerds. He was your typical... Uh, he was in. He was Leonardo in Ninja. As a, he was a Ninja Turtle, and well, he was in Police Academy three and four. The the which are in the top five of Police Academy movies. Listen, out of seven movies, that that film's in the top five. Okay. Those films. Now he okay. Richard Stevenson Parker Jr. That's his name. Richard Stevenson Parker Jr. He became Parker Stevenson. So he did what you were talking about already. Oh, so he already did it. So we would, wouldn't want to reverse it because it would be his real name. Now That's we're right. having a pickup girls at the bar scene. And they learn. She goes, how did you get her? Did you, you know, your herpes test? And then, boom, they're gone. Oh, that's great. Oh, Ooh, that back. was a close one. Guys, we really dodged that, that STD bullet. Right. Now, later on, the guy who's the kiss-ass to the dean, they'll set him up with her. Oh, that's kind of... and that's eh. Well, at the end of the movie, he drops a tag. Oh, it turns out she didn't really have herpes. So, like, he didn't really do it. Oh, that's good. So they, they had sex around for their own accord. It wasn't this malicious thing. Well, it was malicious, but they tried to soften it, but it didn't work. You see that stethoscope he just took off? I never saw it before. It's a, it's like from a toy doctor's kit. So he's kissing a girl who doesn't know, and she oh. doesn't smack him, but she is pissed. And he's like, well, dance with me, darling. She, she went like, I don't know you. If you did, you'd like me. So now he's going to pretend he's gay to homophobe the tough guy who's like, get off my girlfriend. Oh, man. What are we watching this for? Yeah, oh. you know, well, you were watching it because he has a collegiate shirt on, and we're both <laughs> praying to God it's not our alumni. <laughs> He's like Moose in the Archies. Yeah, there. Oh, Moose is great. What was his girlfriend? His girlfriend was kind of cool, too. It wouldn't be my alumni T-shirt because I went to Monkey State. Right in New Jersey. Montclair State University. <laughs> Why do you want to respect that school? Because of the name Montclair? Because Bruce Willis went to Mar uh, and you did too. You went to MSC as well. Well, yeah. Because, you. I, okay, it was, I was filling out the application 
form with my father, which was right. a tuition check. It was a tuition check. You're in. You're in. You were filling out the application with your father when the phone suddenly rang and it said, hey, you're in. Don't, don't worry about finishing it. Well, no, my joke was that the check the was the check. form. Yeah. yeah, that was the application. Right. He, well, he signed the check for, oh, never mind. So now we have a stupid joke, like, let's pick up this girl, talk to her in Chinese. And so he does. And then she was like, what is this guy saying? Ha, ha, ha. Uh, okay. Now we meet love interest. The guy who makes you, the woman who makes you fly right, stay straight, fly right. Pull up yourself up from your bootstraps. Right. Straps, come on. Ship up, shape up or ship out, because if you want me, you got to be a potential husband uh, role model. And in return, 30 years from now, I could tell the, well, my husband would have never done that back in college. Right. I was there. <laughs> hey, sure, there was just good old boys, you know. They, you know, boys will be boys, but nothing like that. Never grabbed their ass. Maybe it was a joke. Maybe it pretended to be a dead cadaver, naked cadaver. There she is. Now she went off to marry some guy in Boston and she's back. She couldn't do it. She just didn't love him. He was not preppy enough. Right. Look at that. The alligator must have choked himself and jumped off the shirt. <laughs> choked, yeah. He choked himself. The looking for that Izod. You see the fake uh, stethoscope? That's like a movie fart. So just remember right. it, okay? Gotcha. He's not kissing her on the lips? No, they will kiss, but not until he saves someone's life. That's how tight this woman is. Great. Yeah, he had to be a superhero. And then she's like, all right, I guess I kind of might like you. Okay, here's something interesting about this director, and it's the only thing. Yeah. I, want, I like to hear about why directors changed their their name to Smithy for a movie. I couldn't find that out. But okay. I mean, you get, yeah. In 1989, John John Travolta wrote a film and 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 starred in it called Chains of Gold. Never heard of it. Yeah, the film was not released until 1991 and only theatrically shown in Germany. It debuted on cable television in the United States. Oh, you know what? Let's see if it's on YouTube. Okay. So Chains of Gold is what it's called. It's John Travolta's, like, only attempt ever to, like, you know, he always gets cast and stuff, and he makes it his own, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and he's actually kind of open to, to do a lot of films. Just, you know, it's one of those film superstars that just appears in as much slot as possible. Right. Now, this is um, – you know, like, you're right about that. Like, Jeff Goldblum is one of them, and, like, they only are in the big movies. John Travolta was in Saturday Night Fever and right. Grease, which Donnie Murray could have been in. And, you know, like, there's so many iconic films – He's in, you know, Xanadu tanked, but but anyway, let me get back to this film. Um, this is Bambi, okay, and she has a reputation for like 
sleeping her way through school. You know, she slept with all her teachers, slept with the doctors. So they're all like pretending to be doctors. Get it? And he's promising to help her with her studying in school because he has a method and a technique. And he's going to take her to a private room and show her. Okay. You set up now. I am. Hey, I have some good news, bad news. Chains okay. of Gold is on YouTube. Okay, you're right. That's exactly right. That is good news, bad news. Oh, boy. Oh, but the bad news, it's two hours and one minute and 28 seconds. Oh, that's the bad news. I thought the bad news was that I was going to have to research it. <laughs> well, the bad news is we can't do it because it doesn't fit our format. It has to be yeah. an hour and 50 or less. Yeah, okay. Ooh, maybe we'll have to do an extra long episode. How's that going to work? Um, we'd go long and get cut off by the podcast feed. Okay, so love interest potential wife girlfriend shows up while he's making time with Bambi and he's going to get caught. Well, he's right by the window. Honk, honk. Uh, goodness, were you just what was that honking noise? Nothing. Did you squeeze? No. I did. Were you aougaing me? Because I heard a auga, and I was just wondering. <laughs> Don't oogle me. Auga. That counts as a that auga. Oogle. 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 Yeah, it has the same letters. Oogle. You know, Google was originally called Google, is where you could look at pictures of women. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's but, uh, people didn't like that, so they had to change it. So he follows no, her into the girls' room. This is like from the trailer. He's like, I, can't you see them having a private conversation? Conversation? But I thought this was going to be like the hotel, like the hospital, excuse me. You know how hotels and hospitals are interchangeable. Uh, yeah, except you don't check out of hospitals. Yeah. Okay, so he's sunk. You know, the girl he really likes. Okay, here's our ambulance guy again, and he's always doing the joke about the uh, vending machines. And to tell you the truth, I'm not sure if he's really an ambulance guy or he does work on the vending machines. The, 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 the movie's not clear. Okay, so here is Will Smith, producer, who's the dean's lackey. And the joke is everybody runs away from him. He goes to talk to people, you know, like, sign our petition, join our thing. And they all, like, avoid him. Listen, you need to say see High Plains Stripper. Am I going to have to send that to you for Hanukkah? Yeah, sure. Okay, if I sent to you Josie Wales, High Plains Drifter, a few dollars more, the good, bad, and the ugly, you check them out. Well, those are only four nights, Carl. I, I'm not trying to sound greedy, but it, Hanukkah is eight nights. Oh. <laughs> Fine, I'm going to send you Alan Smithy. You need to get me four more movies. No, yeah, of course I if you send me anything, if you send me those four movies, I will watch Pale Drifter and uh, High Plains uh, Rider and uh, Josie. Un unbelievable. That was a great movie where he was an old cowboy and he had to face his past. It was like unbelievable. <laughs> They're like, hey, aren't you Clint Eastwood? Didn't you cold blooded shoot a bunch of people in your youth? Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and it won an Oscar. Remember that? Now, look, I got to tell you, right, yeah. that character was a beat-up old man. He really was. It was the end of 
the period on the end of the sentence. It was the closing the chapter and all those movies he did. It really, he was that guy before. And now like he fell in love with this woman and she changed him of his wicked ways. And then he, you know, well, anyway, you, you shouldn't see it before you see the other ones. All right, here's the ambulance driver and he's pretending to be like a speaker from bullshit, bullshit university. <laughs> and try to raise money for this one guy who's uh, really hurt. I don't know. It's just a dumb ploy. Ooh, there's Bambi. They're doing it all the way through. Oh, he's hiding from Bambi. So this is, again, like with comedy, you know, there's usually like segments or there's like episodic bits, but it's yeah. a scene. Something happens, right? They make a scene. You right. know, Jerry Lewis walks in, trips on everything, everything collapses. That's the scene. That's hilarious. Okay. Hi. I'll see you like this. This and is a scene. He Hi, Bambi. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now that's Miami Vice guy. Oh, man. Hey, this movie has no budget. If it had a budget, we would have seen the crash in three different angles. Exactly. With sound effects. We just saw the reaction of people going, I can't believe it. So now what they're essentially doing is scamming people out of their money. At a medical school? No one has money. And, and they're saying it will be reflected in your records. You know, donations are voluntary, but they'll be reflected in your records. They're, they're just doing. Uh, let me tell you something else. Um, okay. The guy who sitting there pretending to be the hurt guy, his name in the movie is Barfer, okay? That's Tommy Koenig. He's known for Dracula and, what, Dead and Loving It, 95, Celebrity Deathmatch. And he had a little run on Miami Vice in 1984. The only other interesting thing is he did the vo some voices in the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries. <laughs> oh, but that's the only interesting Listen, you know, yeah. that if it wasn't for those additional voices, there would be no additional voices on Scooby-Doo Mysteries. You know, you exactly. Give this guy, he was a... Okay, now look. They're handing out, like, they're, you know, give the money. Like they're at like, church. The people who are, yeah, like, doing the put your money in the church basket, they work for the school. They're not part of the scam. They don't know what's... I don't know why they're there and doing I don't, it. I don't... Why would you scam, like, medical students? I mean, I guess because they're... Maybe they're rich, but maybe they're not. Yeah. I don't know. It's a dumb movie. It's a dumb scene. Okay, yeah. here's something you'll like because you're Mike Spiegelman. I, you got yeah, two okay. writers, okay? One of them was called Michael Choquet. Michel Choquet. He's a oh, Canadian. is he from National Lampoon? Yeah, exactly. He was, I think it was the photographer, the pretentious photographer who did Hitler in the Bahamas. <laughs> it could be, but... No, okay. you know what? I wonder, I take that back. There was a guy, I might have been Michael Trillette, who not only did that, that centerfold of, of Hitler enjoying his post-war life in, in the Bahamas, uh, but he had something called like the Wednesday, was it like Sunday Funnies? It was this oversized underground collection of comics. And oh, you know what? I read about that and didn't copy paste that because I thought, yeah, so hey, that's not interesting. <laughs> that's the same guy? That's really interesting. What's yeah. going on here? 
So he was there. It was 70 through 74. He was a contributing editor for 7071, associated or 72, and then back to a contributing editor, 73 and 74. Now, the other guy who wrote this thing was sort of like, okay, his name is Michael Pasornak. Now, after graduating New York University in 74, he became writing partner to former National Lampoon editor Michael Choquet. But check this out, Mike. He is the president of Lionsgate's films today. Lionsgate. The second writer, the the Michael Pasornek, Pasornek, Pasornek. Michael Chokit is the cool one, but the other Michael went on. You you don't think running Lion Gate is cool? Get to hang out with Freddie and Medea. What? Lions Gate, man. So um, I'm saying, okay, okay. Michael, Michael, what was the other gentleman? Uh, Michael Cholette? Yeah, he, yeah. He, wrote one, he edited one of my favorite books. This is insane. It's called The Someday Funnies. Okay. So not, the, some, not the Sunday Funnies. Someday. It's the Someday. And he has so many cartoonists to do like a parody of like, I don't know, like a newspaper comic strip or just as contribute. And uh, I, it, And they never released it. Until oh, okay. like until maybe 2021 or something like so 2011 oh. too 2011 oh, okay. they, they they released this oversized collection of some of the best artwork from like you know Mobius and Jack Kirby I'm, I'm looking at the list right now it's Art Spiegelman no relation uh, he uh, they all contributed like these full page color uh, oversized things and and they finally released it and it's a really good book so I, I give credit to this guy I like them. Yeah, and he gave us a horrible film here, but I don't know. I think he was just doing a job. He did. He gave us film. Film is teen sex comedy. Teen sex <laughs> comedy has checklist. This, this, this. There's no fat guy, right? There's no fat guy eating oh, off the shirt. Is. Hey, that's right. That's right. Okay, I just want to tell you that they helped Revenge of the Nerds guy out studying instead of going off to party, and that lets us know that they're just having fun. They're great guys. Okay, now he's charging everyone a buck to enter there. Okay, so in the medical, uh, when they were scamming them to get money, uh, he changed where the women would be uh, showing up to do their exams. You know, it's part of their class. They examine each other. And he switched it to be a topless thing. And now he's charging everybody one buck to go in there on like a two-way mirror. Why would they have a two-way mirror? You know what? I'm I want my money back from Blockbuster. I paid two ninety nine to watch these women. <laughs> I'm not, I was not kind. I did not rewind. I did not call me passive aggressive, but this time I did not rewind. <laughs> I was unkind. <laughs> yeah. That's passive aggressive is exactly right. Okay, please disrobe immediately. I don't know. Is this funny? Well, so we we've seen like, uh, do you remember a movie we watched years ago called Hamburger the movie? Yeah, yeah. Hamburger the movie, and we saw Hot Dog too. Right. Well, Hot Dog was a skiing movie, but Hamburger yeah. was a McDonald's University type yeah. school. With Mr. Handsome. 
with with dormitories. So if you wanted to manage a McDonald's, not only did you wow, holy shit. Uh here's my dollar here's my two dollars, Blockbuster. <laughs> so and you can see Toshi's having problems with it. Right, of course. I blame these movies. I blame these movies on Ben Ben Wilder, one of my least favorite movie franchises. Now, some of these actresses are real medical students, and that's why some of these tits are real tits. Did they find it in like Playboy June '85 issue of Girls at <laughs> Dorm? Girls who go to college. They talk to us. So now they're about to get busted, and. Parker Stevenson's like, we're conducting a behavior, behavioral emotional study. He goes, oh, carry on. Nice. Yeah. Hong Kong. Now you see, they look at a girl's boobs and then they rate them like as if they were like Olympic divers. They have their numbers. 2.0, you guys are rough. 1.6. Now here comes Bambi. And she's the one they all know. Whoa. Uh, whoa. So there's a reason for all this. What is it? Well, I mean, this is the storyline. There would be no story if they did. Yeah, they're just creeping on girls. It's creepy. Now uh, there's like a crash or a noise or something. And then it's like, what, what, what? What? Well, this is Porky's. They would stick their dick in the hole. <laughs> She's got it. She's going for it. What was his name, that little kid? Just keep it. She's got it. Remember it was Tula grabbed his dick? Yeah, right. That was so funny. Okay, yeah. so they heard a noise, and they're like, eh, whatever, because they always do that in movies and never in real life. Now they're they're going to be busted. And who is it? It's potential love interest. Right, of course. This is called story develop, uh, character uh, development. development. Now, her name is uh, Robin Dearden. And what's great about her is she would go on to marry Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad guy. Nice. Yeah. She, she made an appearance in there. They met and they got married. Uh, she's known for Magnum P.I., Breaking Bad, Chicanery. She was on the TV show, The Croft Super Show, which was a piece of shit Saturday morning. The Croft Super Show was excellent. <laughs> of course. Come on, man. Where else are you going to get your puppets, right? Right. The show is British, man. Crafts are American. You know what those are? She must be a lead in the movie because she's, she's still not topless. Right. That's right. She's in uh, SAG. Yeah. Because if your boobs are saggy, you could just say you're in SAG and you don't have to do it. I did not, did not know that. That makes sense. If your boobs are in SAG. <laughs> no, but if they have boobs, you boobs, know, let's suppose you don't want to be topless because your boobs sag. You join. I mean, your boobs, your yeah. boobs have to say at least three lines of dialogue before getting into SAG. Okay, this is. The Here we go, the unknown comic. Now, how'd you know? You said it like four minutes ago. Nancy, what is it? You uh, this want? isn't the uh, time. Uh, I have a small you... favor to ask of you. Okay, so Nancy is going to get back at the boys for looking at the t titties. He's going to send him to the 
uh, <laughs> he's going to send him to the boys uh, uh, examination and he's going to make them all drop their drawers and he's going to basically do funny, funny things about their dicks. Now, this is the only funny. Leave it up the whole scene, Mike. This all is right. the only funny part of this stupid movie. Muni Radio Studios consists of my phone next to the uh, laptop speaker. And drop your pants now! <laughs> this is time to make sure we're all men. No, he's such a good actor. He starts off slow and slow. All steep. right. That's a little cold, huh? Yeah, it'll warm up in a little while. All right, cough. <clears throat> now, one more time. Cough <clears throat> again? Pulling out this cough. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, really a myth, huh? <laughs> hey, brother, give me five. Oh, looks like about nine there. That's pretty good. All right, cough. <clears throat> Let's form an Oriole cookie. What do you say sometimes? <laughs> Just kidding. Huh? Hey, a farm boy. All right. Well, looks like you've been uh, overworking that little pecker, huh? Nothing left there but stretch marks. <laughs> All right, cough. <clears throat> Never mind, farm boy. Give me a pa. No. <laughs> Oh, oh, what? <laughs> There's nothing there. It's a damn shame. What do you use? Tweezers when you take a leak? <laughs> All right, let's go for it, Carl. Do you feel anything? No, me neither. There's nothing. <laughs> uh, hey, where's the beef? <laughs> oh, oh, that was the trailer. Just went out of my mouth up there somewhere. <gasps> you are a big sucker, too. Looks like you could kick this shit out of me. Yeah, look at that. Oh, yeah, he's all the way in it now. You know you're beautiful when you're angry. You really are. Cough, okay? Cough louder. Oh, I love when you dominate. Oh, heaven can wait. This must be a man called horse. Let me guess, let me guess. Eight inches right from the floor. Oh, my. Oh, call me Friday. We'll put out furniture. It's your turn to cough. Oh. Talk dirty. Fuck you. Okay, now, when it gets to our hero, of course, it's not going to happen. What? Nice going, Unknown Comic. Thumbs up. Let's give it up for the Unknown Comics. Just walks in and walks away with a movie. Now, of course, you can guess he was a protege of Chuck Barris. Um, he's an actor and a writer. He was in Night Patrol, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Wishful Thinking in 1990. A regular guest comedian on the show, Make Me Laugh in 79. Yep. Both as the unknown comic and himself. The appearances in the dating game, you know, it's all getting to know Chuck Barris and getting cast by him. Gave well, he him was a nice also- little career. Imagine the 1970s comedy circuit. You could do shit like that because there were only you and 11 other white guys, right? That's it. And you, you do like crazier like prop stuff or you do like just more esoteric stuff because you have the – it's either that or just kind of that routine. But, you know, he did that. I saw him on uh, Crackle Streaming has the comedy store, which is not related to the comedy store. Oh, like, TV not. show – where it recreates a 70s nightclub experience. And they would have, like, Lee Boozler. They would have, like, really, like, you know, in their prime. And they had the unknown comic. And just amazing stuff. You know, he's also kind of raised. He did a he, he did an impression of Leon Spinks, where he put on a uh, garbage bag, uh, paper bag with blackface. Oh. And the joke is that he had the teeth that were, like, kind of separated a bit. 
Oh, so well, yeah, now that's not about race. That's about well, Leon Sphinx, because you know, I, I, I think, I think thanks. Yeah. it's about eating, eating your cake and having it too. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was making fun of racism. Well, no, but what's no, what's the gender for the hypodermic needle? Okay, so they're going to have a pageant, okay? Because that's what we do in medical school, right? Right. We have time to have a pageant. Does anybody ever pick up a beaker or pour a test tube into another test tube? What's going on? So there's going to be a pageant, okay? And they're going to have costumes for it and everything. And Toshi has the first prototype or something. And Okay, so now this guy's like, oh, you go, go on and have fun. I'm going to pine for my girlfriend and lick my wounds. And he's like, gives him a pep talk. Come on. If, if she don't want to know it, forget her. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. <laughs> so he went, you know, he convinces him. Colonel, I have a question. Question? In the beginning of the movie, we meet these three gentlemen, her gentlemen, and their heads were shaven? Yeah. No, they were wearing bald head wigs. And they you were. can really tell on the back of their necks, the stretchy plastic bald oh, head yeah. wig. Yeah, you can really. Can't see. go over Parker Stevenson's hair. <laughs> That's right. Sean Cassidy was the other. He could have really been a heartthrob. He really could have. I mean, Sean Cassidy was. He rode that coattail, and he was a teen heartthrob. But I'm saying right. he could have continued that on. You know, he could have been a Rob Lowe or something, but he didn't. He could have been a young Tom Cruise. He didn't do it. He he reminds me of Dirk Benedict from the the face from the A Team. Oh, uh, I know that name only from the movie. You know, the A-Team, even, I thought it was shit even then. I, I never right. really checked it out. But did you ever see, uh, was in did you, well, he was in Battlestar Galactica, the 70s version, and he was also in Underground Aces, Underground Aces, mm -hmm. the movie, which is about a parking lot, a parking lot. Uh, a parking lot? Well, it's like they're underground parking. They're uh, underground aces. The crazy things that go on there. It's cheap to film in underground parking lots. <laughs> Did you ever notice how everyone says like their office job could be a sitcom? Uh-huh. You've heard that, right? Oh, yeah, sure. But it's like the drama in their sitcom is stuff like Frank got caught with crystal meth again. Like it's just different. You know what I mean? They're wrong. It couldn't be uh Sally is banging the boss. Man, I'll tell you, like, sitcom, work sitcoms are the most insidious things in American culture. It's saying, listen, you know that job where you have to work hourly? That's your new family. Yeah. It's, in a sad way, it's true, you know? But in, in other ways, it's a little, I guess it's like if you don't like working there or you don't like the boss, then it becomes really kind of like, you know. Now, so Jeffrey Lewis, the guy who's the High Plains Drifter guy, the guy who pay, repairs, uh, yeah. he had some of that. He was on Alice, the spinoff called Flow. Right. And it was their job. Now, the joke here is this guy's like a hunk, okay? So they're like, I'm going to examine you, and all the women are getting hot and bothered. Right. And it's kind of a little funny. Now, I thought at first that this guy was like, there'd be something about him. Like he was Mr. Olympian. He used to be on Lost in Space. He was, 
But no, no, he's just some dude in LA who went to a cattle call and got the gig. Lucky him. I would just watch this scene every night. Honey, yeah. did I ever play you the movie where all these women stare at me? So look, they're examining his pee-pee. Painting! Painted into the other hallway. Brian Cran she hasn't met Brian Cranston yet. Right. Brian's cranking. <laughs> hey, that's funny, because he made meth. Brian's cranking. So she was also in Breaking Bad? Uh, it's not the woman talking right now, but no, she appeared in a Breaking Bad thing. I don't know. I don't know their whole backstory. I don't even know that that's where they met. No, they probably met it before. Well, it's like I was researching this movie and I'm trying to find interesting things. I can't find a Star Trek connection. So I'm like, okay, this guy did John Travolta's crappy movie. That's interesting. Okay, this guy, you know, this guy was on Concord Airport 79, a movie we did before. I'm just digging for stuff here. No, this is the bottom of the barrel. This movie was like two on the nose even back back in the 85. It's just every, like, you know, it, it just, the genre movie played it's out. Dumb. Yeah. It eats so, itself. Yeah. It's, it's Some neurocomputer is writing this movie as it, as it continues. It's like appearing in the movie Barbershop. Come on, man. What are you doing? Oh, I like Barbershop. What? And Barbershop. Two, uh, the next day. No, wait, it was Barbershop. Uh, and ne the next step, next cut. That was good. You know, the last Barbershop movie I saw, which was the last movie, it was shot in Georgia, which was great for a movie that's supposed to take place in Chicago. <laughs> okay, here comes Herpes Girl. So they're going to get him on a date with the Dean's Lackey. That's so mean. I know. Everything about that is just mean. Yeah, it is. It's, they don't respect her. They don't respect him. They don't respect I, Let's go back to Green Acres guy. You remember Green Acres guy? Yeah, it's the place to be. Do you think he banged Eva? Eva Gavor? No, Eva? I think I think they were very professional, and he went back to his trailer and back to his home and uh -huh. doing Jaja stuff, whatever. Now, he was that awful Ava. warden in 1974's The Longest Yard. The Bruce, uh, the, the, um... Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was on Falcon Crest. He had a recurring role. You know, the, the, like, opposite Jane Wine, Wyman. Um, he's you been know, around. He was in Concord. We saw that. We had something to say yeah. about him then. And in that Concord episode, we sang Green Acres theme song. How can you not? Only six How lyrics. Can you not? Okay. Jesus. What they're doing now is just, you know, a la Animal House. They're breaking into the Dean's thing in the middle of the night. And they're finding, not test results, but they're finding that a big fundraiser party is going to be thrown at his house on Saturday. So they're really going to fuck with him. Right now, this whole scene is just him saying, oh, if I get this man's money, oh, the sky's the limit for the university. And that means for you and me, darling. You know, it's just trying Nothing to get him go up. wrong yeah. for my big party of Saturday. That's right. Nothing will go wrong. I have it planned down to the T. I'm picking him up from the airport in a limo myself. Oh, it has to be flawless. One calamity. One shenanigan. One calamity. <laughs> One shenanigan. Okay, so here we have our nice swanky party. 
and they're playing the music. And everyone got this flyer that said, punk party at the Dean's Mansion. Yeah, we get to see punk rockers. So all the punks came out. I should also mention another favorite movie book is uh, punk rock movies, where they list all the punk rock movies that have like Repo Man and stuff. Repo Man and our our movie Surf Two has a lot of pages in there. Uh, well, are they cheap and they use Clue because of fear because of leaving? Yeah, there might be a paragraph. He's he's uh, okay. Yeah, he's legacy. Why wouldn't you mention leaving? No, of course you would. I thought. The thing is, Clue is not a punk movie, you know what I mean? So they're no. just listing the movies punks were in. Well, there's like, you know, anytime there's like punkers in the background, like Surf 2, they, they have several pages and they talk to the director, uh, Eddie Deason even. Was Flea in it? Uh, well, Flea had to be mentioned, you know, he did all those Penelope Shear movies. Dudes. What I mean was, I was kind of making a joke because it's not his time, but he would have been perfect in Surf 2. Oh, the, yeah. He would have the trilogy. We should uh, we should petition. Lee, you must remake Surf Two for us. Oh, you couldn't remake Surf Two, could you? Would you have Eddie? What's his name? Eddie Dean? Eddie Dean? Dean Would you have him? He's still around. You uh, better back off! I'm gonna. I what, said oh, you'll what be kind sorry. of music? <laughs> oh, now he's dressed like a punk rocker. Looks like uh, Scissors hand. So basically, it's the dean doesn't even know yet. I can't hear you, Carl. Uh, well, the dean doesn't know. Okay, here comes the dean arriving to see it with his fundraiser for the punk party. That's the son of the guy who's going to die and be frozen. They they drove in a truck with a band. And now they're not doing Sid Vicious at all. You can see it's pop punk. It sounded like noise core a second ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a little noise. Ooh, they got a pickup truck? Maybe it's pickup truck core. Flatbed truck. I used to love flatbed truck. We would tour. We would go, we would go like on all to all their shows across the East Coast, and we would have a flatbed. Wow, you follow Monster Flat Truck? Must I did follow Flat Red Truck. Yes, I did. Literally, we were following this flatbed truck. Okay, so it's hilarious, right? Right. Hey, Dean here. Meet my girlfriend who I don't know has herpes. And look how I'm unsettled as if I was just kissing her. They make me want to shout. These are, not, these are pretty lame punks. Yeah, look at these fake Renicops, man. Fake Renicops. Well, arrest them. Well, I'm impatiently waiting. Dum, dum, da, 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 dum. Okay, now, did you see that Toshi was one of the ones in the disguise, okay? Right. So Toshi has, you know, every time they pull a prank or something, he's there getting dragged along, okay? That's part of the plot later. Right, well, that's that's kind of the Van Wilder thing more than Revenge of the Nerds, where Van Wilder has, like, an Asian sidekick who just doesn't get it. You know, he's, like, always one step behind. Right. That is what this guy is. He's learning, he's learning. They're his good friend. 
Uh, he's learning not just about medicine, but, but about the human heart. And he'll bring that up later. But the reason it's a plot point for our film is the dean says, hey, this Toshi, you know, he ruined a rally. He had a punk party at my place. I could kick him out of the school. It'll be pressure on Parker Stevenson. Way to go. So the Dean's Lackey is getting dissed again. It's our same old joke. Okay, here's one flew over the cuckoo's nest guy. And uh, eating cat food. Does he think he's at the vet? <laughs> no, he's just like uh, a patient there. I don't know. It's it, they. You know why we have this scene? Because they could get him. That's why. That's right. Yeah. Now, he had a role in Carrie as this, like, sarcastic English teacher, but we all know this guy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Sidney Lassick is his name. Oh, I saw him in the credits. And he was all over TV. Uh, should I bother? Yeah. I'll give you, like, two lines. Family, eight is enough. Beretta, Hawaii Five-0, Barney Miller. Matt Houston, what the hell's that? Moonlighting, Knott's Landing, Dream On, The X-Files. He was all over. He was in that movie Deep Cover. He was in The Unseen, which was a horror film. It's really about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Well, isn't Underseen the movie about that cowboy who, like, he had, did some bad things in his life and <laughs> it just catches up with him? <laughs> Unfaithful. No, it didn't catch up with him. No, it didn't catch up with him. It didn't catch up with him. You need to see the movie. I did. I saw on Facebook. With Clint Eastwood, it won an Oscar. It's called Unforgiven because he's a murderer and he's himself. Okay, he got. He didn't get. Su okay, the 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 widow die. The wife dies. He's the a widow. widow. He doesn't have money for the farm. He's got two young kids, and so they, you know, say they'll give him one more job. He used to kill people for money, so he went off with them. But it was like this whole moral trip. You know, and uh, I'll let you see it. I'll let you see it. All right. All right. Robin, Brian Cranston's wife, the love interest here, uh, has made arrangements to go with a doctor to some, like, president, you know, thing for the school. And, like, he's thinking it's a date and she doesn't. Okay, this is the first time that the dean and Parker Stevenson ever bump heads. And, uh... He says, like, why do you want to become a doctor? Why do you go here? You're not going to be a doctor. I'm going to see that person. I would bump heads with Parker Stevenson. His hair is so soft and, and bouncy. It's just like, <laughs> like, he wouldn't feel any of it. He goes, dun 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 dun, dun. I'm kicking you out of school. dun 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 dun, dun. I want to help people. dun 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 dun, dun. Uh, Get out. Great hospital... Employment, da, da 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 unemployment line. You are fire. You are a doctor. Okay, nobody knows Green Acres. Okay, now we have the stupidest. It's just so. Oh, it gets stupider. Yes, there's a help, help. So anybody who's studying medicine and knows about CPR, help, help. Anybody who needs a plot point in their film and for right. the love interest to like you, help, help. This is what I mean, like by, sin, by uh, scenes, right? Some scenes are organic, some scenes come, and some scenes are just that, you know, oh, now it's time for this scene. Right. 
look, he's not even pushing his heart. He's not chest compressing him. He's pushing his stomach. Yeah. So they did in the 80s. So look, the, the teachers are having respect for him. The love interest is having respect for him. Until the guy dies, and they're going to turn their back on him. Right. So what's happening here is Parker Stevens is going, tickle, 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 tickle. And he's going, ha, ha, ha. He starts to come back to life because he's laughs. Because laughter is the best medicine. Really? I don't know. This Pat Adams guy told me that, and I told him to fuck off. You know what? Laughter is the second best medicine. I mean, drugs. Because drugs are the best medicine, right? Yeah. Uh, I've heard that joke a couple times. You have? I wrote that. Yeah. Then I guess I haven't. Damn it. Yeah. I thought I wrote that. Damn it. Oh, it it's, a, it's been around. I mean, I'm sure you wrote it. I mean, I thought it up, but I mean, if somebody hears it and goes, I have heard that before, you know, you can't do that. I even have a version of it. I opened my act with, hey, people say laughter is the best medicine, but actually laughter is what you fuckers better do after every one of my goddamn jokes, right? <laughs> Now, look, he gets a kiss. He gets a kiss. She's thinking Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Sing my husband, Brian Cranston. Wow, look at the guy. She got a, he got a nice kiss. And now she's like, I'm in love with you. But it won't Don't last, Mike. It won't last. He will get caught. He will get caught. Don't tell Nancy Drew about this kiss. <laughs> <laughs> She'll get so pissed off. Okay, so now uh, the doctor's like, braggadocious, braggadocious. I'm a big blowhard. And she just kissed the guy she fell in love with. So she's like, I'm pretending to be sick. Good night. Because she wants to run over and give Parker Stevenson another kiss. But she'll Ben Wilder does that. Ben what? Wilder does that to all the women, too. They're all like, obnoxious, pull himself boyfriend. I'm just not interested. I'm going to call in early. <laughs> I want the guy with the heart. <laughs> He's crazy. He talks about my breast while shooting tequila. There's been a lot of Van Wilder movies, and none of them have been good. The, the first one's awful. The second one is awful. Well, the second one is tolerable. But then we they still have Van making... Oh, no, we didn't. We saw Van Helsing. Never mind. Yeah, no, no. Not the vampire van housing. The, um, the, Grand Moff Tarkin. No, you're talking about National Lampoon. You could expel me from college? College is the best 18 years of my life. <laughs> now, Mr. Wilder, I know your father paid for the Wilder wing. Yeah, it's about time we saw some boobs. So he's, he's like, hi, Brian Cranston's wife. How was the show? Caught again. Oh, now they're in the Actors Guild? No, we're doing, they're practicing for that big, uh, what oh, did I the say? pep rally. Pep rally, but what did I call it? Hoedown? Yeah, that's what they're getting oh. ready for. It's a showcase. It's a... Homecoming. What? No, it's uh It's a house arriving. Review. It's a review. It's a... Oh, the old medical review of 85. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great article. I loved your review. Hello, <laughs> uh, welcome to the medical school variety show, or as we like to call it. Pageant, pageant. That's pageant. The, that's what it's called. And the nut breakers, nut diggers of 1985. 
Now, High Plains Drifter is teaching him, and I want you to know that High Plains Drifter is from Plainfield, New Jersey, or he was born there. I don't know if you mean High Plains Drifter, right, from the BC Boys? No. No? Um, He spent a lot of his youth in Wrightswood, California, but he was born in Plainfield. I don't know the full backstory. He was in Double Impact. He was Jod Con Van Damme's bodyguard, as if that guy needs one. Yeah, no, Van Damme did not need a bodyguard. Oh, no, it was probably the other... Wait, let me read it. Maybe Uh, he played a bodyguard that got his ass kicked by Van Damme. Yeah, it says, yeah, he played a bodyguard. He wasn't Van Damme's bodyguard. So now she's saying, listen... In the short time I've been back to school, I caught you doing this, I caught you doing that, I caught you doing this. I don't want to be a person. I'm, I don't want to be your mother. I don't want to keep catching you doing things. So let's just forget it. Call it off. Uh, the maturity of this film now peaks. See? Huh? Huh? Yeah, you know, it's like huh? you, can get your parents, you can get your parents to see an R-rated film. See, Dad? Huh? There's some uh, story, right? Not just about tits. Okay, now we have the blood drive, and they've been pushing the blood drive on us. Now, the thing is, Parker Stevenson, when he sees blood, he faints. Mike, how's he going to be a doctor, if that's our plot point? How's he going to be a doctor? That's the plot point. So he faints, and then it's like, why did you come here if you knew you would faint? And he's like, I came here to see you. And she's like, whoa, this movie sucks. Yeah, this movie, like, the the ghost of this movie that's walked out of the door the first first minute like the spirit's gone yeah alan smithy is the spirit in the room because the ghost left yeah that's right smithy well we mentioned this before there was a alan burn hollywood burn an alan smithy film which uh arthur miller directed and it had eric idol playing a film director named alan smithy yeah who makes such a bad film they have to use the pseudonym but it's actually his name yeah, it was a very unfunny film. You made me see it with my Netflix queue. I'm still mad. Oh, yeah. Well, you, yeah, it's, I saw it in a movie theater. Are you kidding me? The best is the late Richard Jenny turning to the camera and saying, yeah, they were on the cover of Lame and Newsweek. Yeah, E-A-K. You know, like it was – they would W-E-A-K, weak person, yeah. Yeah, but they would narrate the story to the camera the entire time. Hmm. But the movie was bad, so it was kind of a promotional thing. They actually, Arthur Miller changed his name to Alan Smithy. And uh, the director board said, you know what? We're kind of played out with this Alan Smithy. So now there's a new pseudonym. Oh, why bother saying you're played out? Just let it be. I mean, it's a... Yeah, but at this point, like, you know, you made a movie about it, and Alan Smithy directed it. It's, it's done. Like, people want to hide behind a pseudonym. Yeah, all right, I gotcha. Or, you know, you get to watch uh, David Lynch's Dune on a three-night special event on NBC, and the director's listed as Alan Smithy. Wait, Dune? The guy who made Dune did that? For the television, like, broadcast, they Mm -hmm. used an edit that he didn't like, so he, uh, David Lynch changed his name to Alan Smithy for the television area. Oh, so he did it, like, in protest, not I'm embarrassed. He did it in protest. Okay, look. That's a toy uh, stethoscope, right? Right. That's the movie fart. So now they know that Parker Stevenson 
was in the dean's office getting information about the party that the party was going to be held. It's flimsy and weak, but this is our plot. So now they got him. Yeah, Animal, Animal House, this is not. Right? Uh, Landon said better. Look, he puts on his glasses to examine it. Well, I can't believe it. I got this. It was supposed to be a half hour ago. I, I waited inside catering. I was at craft services all day. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie please, just shoot the movie, Eddie. So, I'm being witty with you. When do you get off work, uptight lady? Oh, well, it's the Dean's kiss ass. Yeah, there's not that many people. Uh... Did you see her bust? It, see, it's to the left of Parker Stevenson. They did a, they did a mod, she modeled for it. Oh, wow. God, this is great camera work. He was defending Parker Stevenson, but the Dean would have none of it. So now he gets called in. Does the Dean know I'm busy? What time do you get off work, Toots? Don't bother sitting down. This won't take long, Parker Stevenson. What's up, Doc? You're All right. You're wisecracking veneer will now cease to be. Right. That's exactly what will happen because they're going to squeeze him with uh, Toshi. You know, we're going to kick Toshi. Not we, the dean is. He's going to kick Toshi out of the school because he did all of these Unless you give me a full confession, you leave the school and I never see your face again. And he'll agree to it because he likes Toshi. Right. Well, that's 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 the party boy attitude. That's what you should do. Because he's a good you leave guy. A hero in your, you leave a hero in your eyes. You, you took the bullet. Man, that's the one. I got to tell you, the one thing about this movie, they do a great job ironing shirts. Yeah. That's not common. I am so done with this movie. That's the one great thing. Yeah. No, look at that. There's not a wrinkle. I mean, the wrinkles are natural that they're on his chest. That's how they're supposed to be. Will Smith producer guy looks pretty snappy, right? It's almost the 70s. There, he's consent. They got him. They got him. They got him. All right. right. Was it Toshi? It was me. But Toshi do uh, Revenge of the Nerds too, Nerds in Paradise. I don't know. What, yeah, exactly right. I don't know what else to tell you about this film. The tagline was malpractice made perfect, which doesn't make sense because they're not doctors. Um, was, did you ever see that one with Gilbert Gottfried and uh, Alan Arkin, Bad Medicine? It was about a medical school in, in uh, Mexico. No. Should I? No, but you okay, should. Okay, I mean, I'm to get out. Given the opportunity, you should check it. I, mean, I don't think you should go and like take the effort to check off a box to get a video, a DVD of medicine. Yeah. And I'll watch but, it while I'm doing my work. But if you turn on your streaming service and you go to search and you type bad medicine and it's playing on Tubi and you have Tubi, watch Tubi. I don't know if I have Tubi. I have free stuff on Roku. I have a Hulu subscription for my kids' right. college. I have Netflix because I pay for that. I have Amazon because I'm a premier, and everything's like, oh, just pay us two ninety nine. Like they think of then you Google free movies on. Okay, I'll stop complaining. Those are the ones I have. Amazon, Perfect. 
These other ones I'm mentioning, they're just as accessible as Roku. If you look for Tubi, T-U-B-I, it has like a plethora of like great bad movies. But is it uh, a, wh where can I find Tubi? So I don't know, like we have the Amazon uh, Fire Stick and- Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, but it keeps telling me jokes. I'm like, enough with the Fire Stick, all right? I get it. It's, I just want to watch TV. I've heard this Fire Stick enough times. But I just typed in Tubi in the search engine and it was it found the app. And then you download the app and you, you're good to go. But you have to pay. No, you don't. You just watch commercials every once in a while. Okay, I'll do it. Let me write app by it. And it has the best collection of, of movies, you know, uh, that this, this show would appreciate. But uh, it's a great collection. Shout Factory had a DVD collection of like mystery science movies and weird movies and right uh, and they have a they have a good chunk of their catalog as as uh, uh, Shout Factory streaming TV mm -hmm. channel and it's all on who who uh, Tubi. Then there's another one. Oh, what else do I watch? You know, your library has streaming services. If you sign up with your library, you could probably get Hoopla Digital. And Canopy with a K, and they're both pretty good. Yeah, I go uh, to the local library, and well, you know, you you would use up? your library. You would, yeah, you use your library card to sign up online. Interesting. I do have a library card. I wonder if it still does it ever expire? Who knows? No, and you know what? As you may or may not know, I, I moved around this great state of California because I'm still living in the state. Uh, I can use it. My uh, previous library card is still valid. Oh, let's go. You're in LA. You can use it. It's yeah. Let's go. And I can get an LA. I didn't, you know, I wish I knew that in advance that I could get like a, a LA uh, public library card when I was living in San Francisco because I'm always down in LA. Yeah. I'm, you down. know, they, um, I went in and got my card, but I didn't have mail yet that had my address on it. Mm -hmm. TMI, I'm sure. And I checked out like 18 books and I was like, scan the first book. And it's like, do back September, scan the second book. You have reached the limit. Scan oh. the third book. You have reached the limit. Scan the fourth book. And then at the end of the 14 books, I go and I say, excuse me, I was able to check out this book, but this book said that I need, that I hit a, re a quota. This book said I hit a quota. This book said I hit a quota. This, and then when I, they're like, yeah, well, you hit a quota. You can only check out one book at a time until we get your real address. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you about the stupid movie. Oh, no, we're done. So, so, no, I have to tell you. So High Plains Drifter guy found out that the Dean's kicking him out. So he's going to the 